Hello there. This week, we are running a little bit late. However, I have some good news. We have finally managed to get our act together and get all of the content from the podcast over the last few months ready to go onto YouTube. As a part of that, I recorded a extra long, extra clever podcast episode about what it was like to be on Love Island. That's going to be coming out pretty soon. I know that the new series is releasing soon, so I'm going to time it in with that one. Today, we go back to basics, have videoed this. This will be up on the YouTube, but it's just me, Yusuf, and Johnny talking about something that we don't really understand again. So today is on confidence. Yusuf and Johnny wanted to uh, sit down and have a discussion about this for quite a while. So we took this opportunity to try and break down what we mean by confidence. If there's any tactics that any of us have used to improve our resilience to setbacks in life and also to be uh, more courageous moving forward. A lot of it relates to stuff to do with social confidence in uh, social situations, being a little bit more extroverted or just not being quite so concerned about whether or not something's going to go wrong. Um, Thank you to all of the people who've been giving me some messages and stuff recently. I've received some really heartfelt emails and they really, they genuinely do mean a lot. Um, all the Instagram DMs and all that stuff, I do read them and I do very much appreciate them. So please keep them coming. But for now, here it is, me and the Propane Fitness Boys on Confidence. Um, depth of aluminium. Thickness. Yes. Okay. I'm such a pedant when I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> but I like you're it. Like you're holding me to... Now, Chris, you've said that sentence, but what do you actually mean? Because he said the other well, day that someone was the pariah of... And I meant, oh, oh. I meant Paragon. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm going to use Paragon. Paragon was what... <laughs> he pulled me up about it. There wasn't even anyone else The here. thing is, he's brutal. Like, I'll, I'll write a piece of content and he goes through and there'll be one typo and he's like... He spots it Back straight away. Throw it out. <laughs> I, sent that, I sent that article for Muslim Fitness off. To a couple of friends. Muslim fitness. <laughs> Muslim fitness, did you just call it? Yeah. That's what it's called, isn't it? Muslim fitness. <laughs> oh, Muslim, Muslim yeah. fitness. Is there actually a... I this tastes different to the other day. Same one. Weird. Tastes like pear. It's not pear. Yeah, there is a pear front. Apple. Yeah. Mm. The pear one's lovely. Yeah. Oh, Very caffeinated, though. Oh, heavily caffeinated. Yeah. That's the thing. You, you are... Because of your... Severe and chronic. I feel like I'm trying to dock a spaceship. <laughs> with the... That's not because we talked about docking last time and it, it went on for ages. Oh, yeah. Um, Love docking. So we've got a choice of what we're going to talk about today. I think confidence. No, hold on. What were you, what were you saying? Chris said pariah. I was I'm I'm at, at, at Paragon. Right. I'm at Paragon. Yeah, there you go on the floor. Thank you. So, yet again, we're videoing, and everything now is going on YouTube. People who are listening, you're going to be able to subscribe on YouTube, and I'm going to be one of those people who says, don't forget to subscribe Mm. soon. Um, However, you've worn the same pants that you did for uh, for Love Island. So, it looks as though we recorded all of these in the same position. We're even in the same position. Um, I think Johnny might be wearing similar clothes. It's daylight now, though. 
It is. So, so mas- more, I'm actually wearing different jeans, t-shirt, and jumper. I've got pastel pair of shorts on as well. Okay. Well, See, I mean, all I'm doing, all I'm doing to the people that are mm, just people that are just listening now are just getting these little tidbits oh, of. Ooh, maybe I should go on YouTube. Yeah, maybe maybe open sh- loop, open loop, open loop. Yeah, exactly. Need it, it'll need I be want, I want to know. What just what shade of pastel are those shorts at Christmas? I'm gonna to have to go and subscribe and are they like, like lilac? all the videos. Are they, lilac? they are they're a, a kind of lilac, yeah. But I mean, we don't want to give too much away. No, mm. yeah. Um, also, I mean, it's it's really quite difficult to tell whether they are in fact lilac. Yeah, that's it's really true. interesting. I also color. desperately need a haircut, but that's uh, that's by the by. So we've got, when your hair grows, does it just grow? It just gets un- larger. Does it get longer and gets larger? Yeah. So it's like a privet hedge. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd just be able to does if you had a cut with scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, needs you to can't be, use the... Yeah, yeah, you can. So you can shave it at right. the sides and the back, mm. but um, it needs to be wet and then uniform. At, like, I still think we need you need something exciting to be doing. You might have an afro for eight years. Yeah, but that's not, you can't just ride off that. Now. We haven't actually. Can we introduce the fact that you're growing a top knot to the people of Absolutely. podcast world? Yeah. So Podcast land. Podcast land. We, podcast me, and, land. Me, and, me and Yusuf decided that... Johnny needed just a little bit more edge. So the, the th- can Va-va-boom. you explain the theory behind this or the, the basis that <clears throat> this was coming from? Because I think that's... I'll let you, I'll let you conceptualise. So, so I, right. To start with, I have a friend... Because <laughs> I'm too close to the mic. <laughs> You've leaned in, but it's, um, at, it's at the correct distance. I'll just keep her. Okay. I have two friends that mm-hmm. I believe are equally attractive but on different ends mm-hmm. of the male autism spectrum so Chris is <laughs> autism <laughs> of, of the two ends of the attractiveness spectrum okay um, so Chris and why David why do you say autism do you mean autism it's just another spectrum isn't it so oh I see right. um, <laughs> you're not saying Chris is autistic actually I think Chris and David are probably on the same end of the autism spectrum yeah. I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys to decide <laughs> which end. anyway um, both equally attractive but Chris is very symmetrical, chiseled, muscular, that kind of a sport, sports gear look. And David is very gap year, silk, kimono, um, lip ring, that kind of look. Mm. But so both of them, despite being on both ends of the fashion spectrum, both gave me a series of fashion pointers that aligned. And you think, well, if, if two people with good fashion sense, but on different ends agree on that, then it must be quite a good piece of advice. Can so you can you run us through the um, the recommendations that were given to you? So burn the green high tops. I mean, for, for me, I, I'm, I'm a low hanging fruit for fashion advice. It was, <laughs> there, was burn there was so much to be made right so quickly. <laughs> exactly, it's like easy pickings. But burn the green high tops. Get rid of all of your purple cardigans, all fifteen of them. Um, stop <laughs> so you, much maroon. Yeah, there's there's maroon. Just so much maroon. Stop in your wearing wardrobe. corduroy. Yeah. Um, grow a beard, get a skin fade, get a nose stud or a nose ring, and tattoo. Done. Your, your pronunciation of corduroy is so precise. Can you do it again? Very Marks and Spencer. Uh, corduroy. Isn't <laughs> that brilliant? <laughs> Can you, cordu, corduroy. Corduroy. Is that what it is? I, I think so. I, I thought it was corduroy. I thought it was corduroy as well. But I think if we've got you pronouncing it correctly, if we've got you on something, I'm going to be really satisfied after Paragon Pariah. You're just being racist way. just because I'm Arab. Yeah, anyway, that's true. So, so Kodoroi. Akbar. Akbar. <laughs> Webinar. <laughs> Actually, it, in the Mike Isratel podcast, number 67. Propane Fitness. It was saying it was the, uh, he was the founder of RPE and I was, I was very pirate about it. So anyway, Chris's observation and David's of Johnny mm. is that 
He's very Abercrombie, very Hollister, from top to bottom, very clean cut, square head, symmetrical haircut, just jeans and jumper. Lot of navy, lot mm. of um, thin knit, long sleeve tops, which yep. is fine, but it's all together. It's too much because mm-hmm. because Johnny is clean shaven, square. Everything's too mm. clean, and so you need one thing just to take the edge off or mm. to provide to some add edge, edge. Yeah, which in their unanimous case was a top knot. So I don't think David advised on the top knot necessarily. It, I think David agrees with the top me knot. Me and Chris were like we were we were idea gen. We mm. did we did the brand generation for it, mm. and then I think David, David came in as a right. he came he came in as a consultant, didn't he, in his elephant pants? And I think he said he put down his ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, still annoyed at me for not explaining to you that. So Chris came round. David had a girl in his room, and we heard guitar playing. From the, through the room, the next morning, David was like, "Oh, Chris was there." And I was like, "Yeah, he heard heard you playing the guitar." And he was like, "That wasn't me. I'm not a wanker. Oh God, and text him now." Tell <laughs> so him who was it? Because it looks like he's just had this girl around. Like, oh yeah, I just impress you with my guitar skills. Yeah, I do my vibes. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What was it? Listen, it was listen, playing, darling, <laughs> darling. Yeah. You want you straw want straw hat yeah. flip flops. You want to hear what what they say? Made you, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> man. Yeah. No, no. Listen, like. It's just straight from Thailand, yeah? You, you've never heard this vibe before. Wonder Wall, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so he was, like, vociferously, like, tell Chris. Yeah, he wanted to track back. So, yeah, we wanted to get... What I like about the idea of you having a top knot is everything else is going to stay the same. Because he's not going to change still, his I'm mindset. totally open to an overhaul. Really? Well, mm. no, you're not. You were, you were really, really so, reluctant well, to the what, top knot. Well, so the reason is, moral hazard. Do you think that this is a, do you think the top knot's <laughs> a gateway drug? I, so I, I feel like... <laughs> you're going to have to explain moral hazard. Okay, so it's, it, you, you would experience absolutely no downside if it was terrible. Would you? It, you would ex, you, you, upside uh, of amusement, but... You only have upside to gain. Mm. I have... Not only, live with it. not only the journey of growing hair long enough to put in a mini ponytail on the top of my head, <laughs> while, whilst simultaneously keeping the sides and back of my hair very short, if it looks shit by that... So there's the, there's the time in the middle where it's going to look shit regardless. You've said that, but it's looking better. If it looks shit at the end, then you two will find it hilarious, I imagine, and I'm like... Fuck's sake! I'm gonna have to go to the hairdresser. So you, I think you need enough faith in us as friends that we would tell you if it. Well, so I mean, to that point. Here we are. Yeah. How long has it been since you've had the top of your hair cut? Uh, twelve weeks. That's a long time. I mean, you must have had it really short before because it doesn't look that much longer. It's no, just I because think it's, it's like slicked back. Yeah. yeah. So it's getting long. It is long. Yes, because when it's, it's off to the side. Like when, I, I, when I wake up and the center of my head is just. <laughs> <laughs> vertical block of hair perfectly <laughs> square like the top of yeah, Spongebob's no. head yeah which, which is prohibitive because I used to be able to wake up not shower leave the house fine <laughs> whereas now I'm like fucking hell I look like I look like fucking Hey Arnold <laughs> so I'm going to have I'm going to have to do something I have to I'm just going to wear it backwards like, I can't even like go like to the petrol station like you know like you sometimes well, I mean what in case people see you well just because people go like what the, what the fuck so are you doing fucking there's a difference between being like Careful about your image and li- like I'll, not I'll, wanting to scare the public. I'll, I'll send you a photo. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Send you a photo. But um, yeah, so you've agreed to get the top knot, mm. which I think is if you if you want to take me shopping, 
I'll happily go. Fine. But was what, was, what was the what was the response? Because your girlfriend is sort of, I'd I'd class her as like sort of a pretty straight up and down kind yeah. of not super edgy girl, mm. and she's almost the female version of how Johnny dresses, but I think slightly more edgy. She's a lot more into fashion than I am. Like mm. I don't really care, but still, like you know, chart accountant. For, yeah, like you know, yeah, it's fairly fairly sort of straight. Like she's not just come back from from Thailand. Yeah, exactly. So running like a yoga retreat or something yeah yeah um and <clears throat> i think what you thought was going to happen when me and yusuf suggested that you get a top knot was that you were going to be <laughs> i went straight up my nose <laughs> you were going to end up with um with support for the counter case from your girlfriend so you could yeah. then bring that back to us and be like see Look, guys, yeah, Becca thinks um, it's what actually happened when you suggested getting a top knot to a girl that she, you thought was going to say unequivocally say no she said i really like top knots why don't you get a Tattoo sleeve as well. <laughs> so it was not only, yes, I agree, but mm. go a step Go further. a bit further. Do, do something even more permanent. How shocked were you when that happened? I think just disbelief. So, <laughs> that, so the first thing I thought was, something's going on here. Like, they've spoken to a... Like, that, honestly, that's what I thought. I was like, there's a... Chris and Yusuf have front-run yeah, Becca. Yeah. To, yeah. And so there was, there was a few lines of defence. So, like, I asked a few other people, and, like, generally the response was like, yeah, man, go for it. I asked David, I pretty much expected him to say yes. My last line of defence was, asked my hairdresser, who was like, initially was like, he's joking. And then when I was like, no, no, I'm being serious. Two of my friends have suggested it. She then said, which two, initially she was like resisting, resisting. Which two of your friends? I was like, business partner. And I think he has to have my best interests at heart because if, if I do something really stupid... And then we look silly on video... On the internet. Directly <laughs> affected running you. Yeah. And I said, the other, the other guy is called Chris Williamson. She started blushing. And <laughs> they just immediately agreed. You said she opened it to the table in the room as well. Yeah, so then, then like the rest of the hairdressers is like chipping in. Crowdsourced it then. And then she was, everyone was getting excited about teaching me how to put my hair in a bobble. And Fine. Becca's brother, interestingly, has had a top knot. Okay. So I was speaking to him about it. What it's like. He Life said the top knot. He would have kept it. His girlfriend didn't like it. He said okay. the worst thing about it is it's hard to fit all of your hair into the band. Just grow it mm-hmm. bubble. You have to like clip clip bits. Grow it longer. But I mean this is you know, it's part of the, all part of the journey. Fine. So, um are we gonna talk about confidence today? Kind of carries on from that in a kind of a roundabout way, I suppose. So I don't three... really I don't really get um this is I'm kinda of handing the table over to you. You guys are a little bit here because I think it's... We want to talk with you on this, I think. <clears throat> Maybe. Most. You've been pushing this topic for a little while and mm. we've, we keep on missing it. Um, I think it's what everybody would like to have. I think even people who are confident often don't think they're confident. But imposter syndrome yeah. is... Because I think right for, for someone who is truly confident, that usually... Well, if they come across confident, usually if they ask them, that deep down there's, a, there's an insecurity that they think is forefront of their personality, mm. but everyone else just sees confidence. Yeah. Well, I think it's the people who are wholly unconfident that have the most brash yeah. forthcoming. Yeah. Like an, a, a compensatory. Yeah. Like I need to wear this front mm. to appear confident. It's interesting because I got a miniature book from School of Life. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that a lot of the time I quote stuff by Al Enderbottom, who is mm. the philosopher and the guy behind School of Life. Unbelievable YouTube channel. You should check it out. Um, and I bought uh, the smallest book 
I think you could buy 79 pages and type like font size 20. It's just a small, it's just a very, very small, very thin book. And it's called Confidence. And it goes through a number of the elements he thinks in the modern world that contribute to somebody's confidence. And the number one, or what appears to be the prevailing element is that people who are confident do not have, do, they don't hold themselves with too much dignity. So I saw his video on it last night, actually, after your recommendation. It was yeah. in my capture process, Lifehacks 103, <laughs> and I watched it last night. And yeah, it talks about, I think, was it Erasmus or? Um, yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, who says that we have to embrace our folly and our ridiculousness and realise that. In praise of folly is in, the, uh, in praise of folly is there the. There we go. Uh, You're very good at that. Uh, embracing silliness yeah so I, th- I think that he was saying like we all as soon as we recognize that and we stop holding ourselves to the standards of our strengths mm-hmm. and we realize that if you if you're in a foreign country and you ask someone for directions thinking that you're going to get shot down because they'll be like oh, what a prick a silly tourist yeah and you just accept that that's the case anyway then it's a pleasant surprise if you don't it's, it's quite stoic which kind of makes sense but i th- i think if you focus your attention way too much on how silly and crap you are. As Brits, we're already very good at that, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> and so the tendency then is to become so self-deprecating yeah. that it almost becomes a, a reality or a truth. And we know that the, you know, uh, to try and say this in the least esoteric terms of like, what you focus on becomes your reality, man. But like <laughs> the, the reticular activating system in your brain will seek patterns in the sense that even if you're listening right now, if you look around in your room for anything red, suddenly your brain tunes into all red items and tunes out everything else. And if you close your eyes and then say, right, tell me what things in your room were blue, you tuned out to them and you didn't notice them mm. because they'd already, you were focusing on something else. Yeah. So Is this think, like the... So think of something you're grateful for argument, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like the, the gratitude journal is if you are focusing on being grateful, then you can't be anxious or I definitely nervous. Think, yeah. or I'm, I'm aware this is a little bit of a departure, <clears throat> but the um, doing a gratitude journal, is, I've only done it for the first time this year. And the only way I've been able to do it is by buying one that only requires three minutes on the morning and three minutes at night. You bought the palm off of the five minute journal. Didn't I you? did. It's called the six minute diary. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Un- like, how, how someone hasn't gone cease and desist letter, like express it's over the five minute, five minute journal. Oh, actually, it's an extra minute long, so it's. <laughs> uh, we've called it a diary, not a journal. Genius. Um, so, yeah, and doing that, man, like today in the gym, he's a perfect example. So, in the gym today, I was talking to another one of the guys that trains. He said that he hadn't had a lot of sleep and he hadn't had a bunch of other stuff that meant he wasn't too keen about or wasn't feeling very confident about how his session was going to go. What I said was, well, you can flip that on its head and you can think, right, I have the opportunity today to do a training session and test myself when I'm underprepared, when I'm mm-hmm. underslept, when I'm undereaten. Okay, how do I perform? So under don't a little hold yourself to baseline of... Well, just flip, flip, turn, the, turn the situation on its head and say, okay, what I saw as a weakness is actually an opportunity. Mm. This, isn't, this hasn't been optimal in terms of preparation. However, I can go into this and think, right, well, how can I use that to my advantage? Right, well, maybe if I've got a competition and I go in with a little bit of flu or I go in with whatever it is, I know that I can still work to a very high degree capacity. 
Um, yeah, that doesn't really tie back to the confidence thing too much, but it's. Um, well, I think, the, I think, well, I think, but I think that breeds confidence because I think the more that you, the more that you show yourself that you're able to complete something in spite of not feeling like you want to. Yeah, the more you just settle into this, it becomes like, a, I think, fine regardless. I think positivity, and you know, you can run a fucking burn. We can <laughs> talk until you're blue in the face about the power of positivity and stuff like that. Mm. But the bottom line is that your thoughts end up becoming an echo chamber for more thoughts as far as I'm concerned. And momentum's a really, really big deal. Like catastrophic thinking in the spiral down is often a lot easier than the journey up, so mm. to speak. Mm. But you, the the analogy would be you build bricks one on top of the other, right? So like... I think we have to define it as well because the, the English language is quite clumsy with the word confidence in that... What does confidence mean to, to you? Because to say, I don't feel confident in my session is very different to someone being a confident person, which would be the lack of social anxiety in that case. Yeah. And I think it, there's multiple dimensions of it, similar to willpower or, or discipline. Mm. The Steve Pavlina came, came up with six subcategories of discipline and they don't necessarily overlap and you could have very good training discipline. We know people that are really good at hitting the gym six times a week, but they completely lack discipline in another aspect of their personality, for example. So mm. it's one of the things, it's one of the reasons why I think so a lot of people judge like a, an overweight person or someone who's like poorly dressed uh, and yeah, they, they immediately have all sorts of assumptions on what that person's like, but that their house might be really tidy. They might be really productive at work. There's research to show that people judge photos of obese people as having certain character traits. Yeah, lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what does confidence mean to you in the context that we're talking about here? What does confidence mean to you? In, in the context that I, that I wanted to pick your brains on, it's, it's the, the, the social aspect of confidence, because I think you, excel in this particularly maybe it's part of your constitution maybe it's part of your job and you've had to maintain that and as we talked about in love island as well you were very much able to switch it on Mm -hmm. when you wanted to i guess that's not really that's kind of putting on a certain mask but there was no holdback and being on tv for example is is the quickest way to reveal the cracks i think in someone's shyness do you think it's the the this is what, you know, Jordan Peterson talk, when he talks about mastery and saying that it's, you do something and it turns out how you expect consistently. Mm. And like when you, when you can do that, then you, you could say you've mastered something. It's the world, it's the world appearing the way that you planned it to be. Is it not something along those lines? It's, uh, mastery is a prediction of the world coming true. Yeah. It's a, it's your prediction of the world oh, coming see, true. Chaos is the opposite as yeah. a result. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you think you'll get a promotion, you get a promotion. You, get a promotion. you think you'll end up in a relationship you want and get married and mm-hmm. then it all works out. Yeah. So I think... So that's estimation of ability in a certain... Well, a- accurate, yeah, accurately predicting. Can you be confident without that occurring though? Because you could. there's people I who think, are confident and then don't end up achieving and just have got blind confidence and... and so I think, it, it, yeah, and, I suppose, yeah. And then Trump, who maybe, <laughs> didn't, maybe didn't have the... Like, you might not have the technical competence, but as a result of your belief, you almost fudge people or fool people into or fool the world into reacting a certain way because yeah. of the veneer that so I it's think, self-belief isn't it I suppose rather than mm. related to an outcome it's like even if because even if you think like I'm class at football 
like I'm terrible at football but if I really believe like if I'm really confident I'm class at football it doesn't really matter what happens because <laughs> I just continue being confident that I'm good at football yeah so that's delusional <laughs> no, as in like that's the definition of yeah. delusion because it's it's a single belief that is held in the face of any evidence but is that not to the contrary could that to still the, yeah. be confidence though I think is the question I suppose it can because it's just delusional confidence isn't it yeah. so I guess what JP said like the confidence that is grounded in reality versus <laughs> listen to the sound it's, of that so my, my hips are really tight I rom wadded today as well did you I just trained and I know you did I saw you um so <laughs> so much pain yeah it's interesting I think I think that you can look at confidence as and first off I, I you guys seem to think that I'm some sort of paragon of, a pariah of I think you're a pariah you, am I am I okay am I a bastion I think you're a no no I can't think of anything never mind um, <laughs> of, of confidence I for me I, I really really don't think that I am and I think that the um, the capacity for someone to play the game, so to speak, of being confident or being out. I think that you can actually quite easily conflate confidence with um, being extroverted because you can play at being extroverted very briefly <clears throat> in short stints. We said this on the Love Island mm. podcast. I'm on the front door of a, I'm on the front door of a nightclub and I can do a one rep max. 20 second max effort burst of yeah mate you're right mate what's going on mate <laughs> and then yeah exactly it's interval training and then over the years you've increased your work capacity of that it's progressive your, overload your lactate you do like 100 and a night 200 and a night then yeah. maybe 30 second interactions yeah, push it up so, so is that is it. that how you see it then because I, I honestly think you are the crouton of confidence <laughs> like in, soups in crouton yeah exactly so the, you just eat, is that just wanting to. It's the sort of thing where I believe you that that's the correct use of that word. The etymology of crouton originally <laughs> came from the 1700s, yeah. where the monks were describing. <laughs> this is exactly what we think all the time. It's an Edwardian term. So, when you, if, if you were to go tonight, if we were going to a, like a big event, mm. where there's going to be loads of people there, yeah. lots of networking, let's say without alcohol, okay. for the sake of it, Fine. lots of just speaking to people you've never met before. Yeah. Would, is, does the prospect of that make you feel anxious? No. Not at all? No. So I think that's, that is confidence in that setting, which I think is what... You can lot- feel not... That, that's like saying, you go into a gym, are you weak? No, I'm not weak, therefore you are strong. That's okay. Not, that's, so, not, that's not the case. So it's like situation specific. Or even you go into a powerlifting meet in the northeast compared to worlds. no I mean I mean more that what you're saying is that you are not something which isn't what we're talking about like the, therefore the you absence are the thing we're talking about yeah it's not well that. unless they're opposites but confidence is the absence of anxiety yeah. in a certain situation okay so in that case to, to that degree yeah um, one of the things that I wanted to try and get across I was thinking about how to how to explain this during the podcast and certainly up until probably about Love Island maybe a little bit after that my confidence was mostly born of my profession, being a club promoter, having to deal with people who are super, super high energy. And you, you kind of need to match that or else you get washed away. You need to make a name for yourself. With social media and stuff like that, people can front all the time, like can front as in fronting, not confront. Mm-hmm. Um, so so true, actually. You see people that, that give it the big in and talk, have, have all the talk on written form social media 
And you see them in person. and They can't tell you in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's what I love now. So I love challenging people like that. And I think, again, one of the main things, and I said it on Love Island, it was the, um, not on Love Island, I said it on the podcast about Love Island. It was one of my concluding thoughts was that speaking the truth, for me, sounds like a JBP uh, sermon all over again. But speaking the truth for me was the one thing that liberated me from feeling, from any remaining feelings of unconfidence. And the fact of the matter is that if you tell the truth in any given situation with regards to confidence, you're kind of bulletproof from anyone calling you out or from you feeling silly about anything. This because- is the Mark Manson and Paul Moore approach of like, well, Mark Manson saying vulnerability is strength because if you can be fully vulnerable, even telling a joke that might not be well received in a social situation is expressing your vulnerability because you're hanging yourself out to dry potentially. Yeah. And then other people are the ones that decide whether... Absolutely. That is it's a very endearing quality as well. I think one of the one of the main things that I wish that I'd known a little while ago, especially with regards to confidence, was that confidence and strength are not two of the same things. Like showing that you're this indomitable spirit who never gets swayed and never doubts himself and stuff like that. That's not necessarily confidence. Confidence is telling people exactly how you do feel about things. So over the last three years, I've made it a... Um, a conscious effort to try and be more forthcoming when I do have doubts about myself, specifically through social media. It's a platform that I've got where I can speak to more people more quickly than doing it to whoever's in the office at the time. Mm. But even with stuff like that, um, having having the courage of your convictions, I guess, is one of the main things that has changed for me over the last three years. Previously, I was able to play the role of someone who was confident. Now, you know, I genuinely do believe that I've got a level of confidence that I haven't ever had before in my life. And I do think that almost all of that is attributed to the fact that I just don't care about whether or not someone thinks what I say is silly. And that is purely due to the fact that I can tell the truth. Because when you start to make up lies and fibs, little white lies... (laughs) Porkies little pork pies what to try and polish the way that you yeah because then what happens is the dynamic changes from someone not liking you to i should have constructed this situation in a different manner to make that person like me Mm. and there's this wonderful sense of liberation when you just speak your own truth whatever that may be and put it out there and then okay well that guy didn't like me well Fine, mm. like we'll that's fine. That's this. me. It is me. I think, like, I mean, this we'll have to maybe discuss this in more detail on the the single singleness yep. podcast. And but I know a few people that got heavily into pickup artistry. They're really technical. Like, oh, you've got to do this thing and then neg them and then alpha the thing and then <laughs> and and it's like all it did was um, so I got two friends that were really into it, and they both became quite depressed and jaded with the whole thing because, as you said, it made them construct a persona that was attractive to women it was veneer, wasn't it? It was for facade. 24 hours and then when they realized who they are it created more of a divide and it's like oh shit actually like who i really am is so different to what women yeah. would find attractive that i just feel even worse about myself mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll have to yeah i so, think so one of the first things that i think this should not read or uh, hear or watch like confidence 101 because i don't i don't understand the vast majority of the principles behind it. But you need to have confidence that 
you have a good understanding of confidence. <laughs> it's just fucking never ending, is it? But you, but you do though, because you have you have results to show that you're a confident person. Like, if you feel like a confident person, and other people think that you're a confident person, chances are. Mm. So Darren Brown thinks that he's like confidence doesn't exist. He says it, there is no such thing as a stable personality trait called confidence because if you put someone in a room on their own they can't be confident or not confident did you not put your phone on silent before this podcast he was confident that it wouldn't go off and so oh, yeah. um, can you go and turn it off please I'm confident that I can't so, so do you think that given what you said before about being able to put yourself up out on the out on the rail I suppose mm-hmm. is seeking advice from other people where, where does that fit in can we can we just stay on the truth thing for a second? Or yeah. do you want to come back to no, the truth No, go for thing? it. So, I know you don't like him, but Garrett J. White, <laughs> <laughs> his fundamental number one principle Very is... Very briefly tell us who Garrett J. White is. He's a... He runs a... Like a program that is pretty much geared at helping men who are successful in other areas of their life become four-dimensional, as okay. he calls it. So... People so who fit. overweight businessmen who are divorced or failing marriages, mm-hmm. but are very rich, but maybe haven't got the other dimensions of their life. Okay. Yeah. So what does so, he say about truth? So his, his core starting point is to stop lying and to start telling the truth about like the way that you feel, what you want, what's going on. Why? He feels that people experience a, an unpleasant reality and sedate away from what's actually happening. 100%. So rather than like, okay, I'm fat. My marriage is shit. I hate my kids. My job's just this place I go to to numb out. I take loads of drugs. I get drunk on the weekend. It's like just avoiding the pain rather than stepping into the very pain. American things about how are you, sir? <coughs> oh, fantastic. Um, thank you very much, sir. I'm, yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, but what's something that he talks about? Because I, I think the concept of telling the truth is quite a difficult one to get your head around. Have you read Lying by Sam Harris? No. You Added should. to the list as well. Man, that lying. Anyone, anyone who's listening, Lying by Sam Harris is a one-hour read. It's the shortest book he's written. And it is a conceptual um, a conceptual justification for why you should never, ever lie. Ever. Okay. In no situations. Now, there's a difference between lying through omission and lying through commission. Mm-hmm. He says that there are times where not telling the full story can be justified. Right. Kids ask about Santa Claus at like Mm. two years old. If you lie to them, outright lie to them about it, then their trust in you is going to be um, reduced. Mm. However, there's some tact that can be used. But the the restriction of lying, including white lies, which are the worst ones as far as he's concerned, um, that read for anyone who needs something to get themselves stuck into, it's one hour, or you can audible it one hour and um, five minutes. I've been looking for my next. That's it, line by line. Is by, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but you keep click audio player. Yeah, straight yeah. In. Via Yemen. Um, <laughs> straight through the Jordan servers. And, yeah. Um, so Garrett White says. Well, so, that, so he, he talks about being, being totally honest with yourself and everyone in your community as a starting point before you, because people try and sort of shoehorn personal development on top of something that like their life's just in a, in a mess. Yeah, if, if you were to look at sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs or a hierarchy of confidence mm. before you can be um, outgoing and extroverted, you need to first be secure within yourself. Yeah. And yeah. this is, this is this really, really cool quote and I can't remember where it's coming from. But I will track it down. 
well, I was reading an article a little while ago and it was talking about people that say, I am self-conscious. A lot of people that go into social situations, especially if you're introverted, can say I'm very self-conscious. Yeah. But the term's wholly incorrect. Mm. They don't mean when they say, I feel self-conscious. They don't mean that. What they mean is, I am conscious of other people being conscious of me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not conscious of yourself. Or I'm worrying about other people's perception yeah. of me. Yeah. yeah. And the, the common advice to fix that is to focus your attention outwards and, you know, ask people how they're doing and r- rather than, yeah. like, stay in this ruminative ball of, like... Absolutely. So um, I think, you know, to to try and have a few concrete takeaways, some of the things that I've done that's helped me with increasing confidence. A little bit of stuff that actually crosses over with pickup artistry. If there is anyone who's listening, I want we want to do a couple of episodes um, that include pickup artistry. I'd love to have a guest on who knows the stuff inside out, so RSD Max or anyone like that if you're listening, uh-huh. but, or anyone else who's further down the tree. Um, What's the guy who made the, wrote the game? Neil Strauss. Neil yeah. Strauss. Yeah. Get him on. Well, get Ari, him, Mark Manson. Fine. To get a lot of them. Yeah. Well, RSD Tyler was born different styles of, back of people of, as well. Yeah, for sure. So uh, one of the things that they talk about is power stance, adopting a power stance when you go into a room. Have you heard about this? Yeah. So I, I did a lecture on this last week to the World, the, the world <laughs> Posture Association. You it was on power stances. It, 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 that included part. So, so it was saying that posture is regulated by yeah hormonal, cognitive, uh, visual, um, and vestibular control. But the power stance thing is supposed so basically when stand people, up straight with your shoulders back yeah so the the original ted talk in the study was based on the fact that they made people go into a sham interview stand on a power stance for two minutes and then they measured their salivary cortisol testosterone ratio and it was higher in those who stood in the power stance first what they found later is they repeated the study and there was some statistical manipulation that went on in the first one so there's actually no evidence of hormonal changes but I don't think we're looking to elicit hormonal change with a power stance. We're looking to change the mental state. Mm-hmm. And we know that people's ability to believe their own thoughts, positive or negative, about themselves is worse when they're sat hunched over looking looking depressed. Mm-hmm. And when they're sat more upright, they have they have more confidence in their I'm thoughts. A, I'm a lion. I'm a warrior. I'm king. a lion. I, I can like, I, right, I see what you mean. I, because I curl fifty rather than kilos, I can I'm a lion. I can fight a lion and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean the whole first chapter of Twelve Rules for Life is not oh. a million miles away from this, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think so it, it, hormones or not, it, it does have an effect on your both the way that people perceive you. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a self-evident thing, but also the way that you process your own thoughts and how much you believe so yourself. What, this, what is that stance then? Just upright, normal stance. Feet wide um, apart, hands on hips if you can, without looking like a superhero. Really, hands on hips? Well, I find I find that, like, so when I was doing People this... When I, someone one, one foot up on a like step. Captain yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely when I, when I was... Um, playing around with different tactics for improving my confidence in social situations. That was one of the things that I used to try and do. Um, and whether it works or not, it's on a hormonal level, I'm unsure. But it's just, again, about sort of, this is me, here I am. I don't have really, I don't have anything to worry about. I think one of the main things that you can take away from confidence is that the um, desire for us all to hold on to our own dignity is one of the 
key elements of why people have a lack of confidence. And the problem is that we see everybody else's lives through an increasingly now with social media filtered highlight real version. Yeah. Yet you see your own life from this. The, ne- the negatives. Yeah. yeah. But you see every, you see all the blunders, right? Mm. But in the confidence book, I think it might be Erasmus again as well, says something to the effect of Erotis. from the high. Erasmus. Can't remember. Erasmus. It's okay. Erasmus. Um, from the highest to the lowest, we must remember even kings and princes shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think, well. The highlight reel thing is such a good point as well, because that's people like editing, like selectively editing and filtering. Well, it's the absolute best version, isn't it, of everything? Mm. It's otherwise, com- why would it be on social media? It's the complete contrary to the truth as well. Like, you're not speaking the truth forward necessarily. Like, you have the opportunity to lie at every point, and this is where you end up with the people that who have the facade that runs away with them. Mm. You know, oh, hang on. Like, this character's got away from me so much now that the me who I am, I can't be anymore. You go, well, what does that mean? That means that the person who I was or who I really truly am isn't good enough, and I've got to play it to this other person. And you're thinking all the time, what would Love Island Chris say? What would Confident Chris say? Exhausting. Yeah, terrifying. So, yeah, definitely... um, definitely need to need to remember that dignity and a, a, a strong grasp on it is not is not something that you should be concerned about again going back to the pick a pass history thing one of the one of the stories that i've heard is if you're with a group of friends and then you go around i'm going to go and talk to that group of girls and you get what's called kb'd get knocked back um <laughs> from a group from a group of girls and you come back over and all of your mates are like, oh mate how sad's that you know like, well hang on a second like None of you I, I was would the have, only one that expressed my vulnerability by none of you. None of you even yeah. had the fucking courage to go over mm-hmm. there. So what does that say about you? Like who's got who's got more confidence? The guy that comes back having been knocked back and has a laugh about it with their friends because we have to Do remember you think the friends are testing that person by by being like. And then, I think and it's then a show, I think it's they. a show of vulnerability on their side. I think it's them going fucking hell. I can't believe he went over and talked to those girls. I wouldn't dare have had the confidence to go over and do it in myself. A lad, way I must, like... I must therefore cover my own tracks and pretend that I would have done mm. and had success as well. <laughs> yeah, by drilling someone in. So, to, but to have the confidence in the first place, to me, comes from a place of having past experience of doing something in it working out quite well. But again, that's confidence purely based on the result. On experiences, no, based on the outcome, which mm. is the wrong way to look at it. Because you could go up to a group of girls every day for the rest of your life. To get KB. And get KB all, all the time. Mm. And, and still, still have the confidence. And that's confidence. It's confidence or, is... Or is it... Confidence is the lack... It's the lack of attachment to the outcome of that situation. You're right, because that's even more confident. If you've been KB'd a hundred times and you still go and do it with no fear, then So, so how, how is that different to me thinking I'm good at football and being terrible? So I suppose the... Being KB'd for the 101th time, mm. 101st, is not, um, it can be independent of your belief about yourself. It could just be that you don't fear. But yeah, so it's, right. the, it's the confidence to, I'm going to do this regardless of mm-hmm. whether it works well or not. It's a hard one, isn't it? I, yeah. It's, I think it's hard to define is confidence, the, is confidence actually in that scenario resilience to it goes badly, but that doesn't affect my it's ability of, to do it again. It's a, it's again a lack again. of attachment to whether or not it goes well. Mm. that the, the what's the is it the four the four um precepts or the four um principles 
that Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah, and it's one of them that um, anyone's judgment of you is uh, don't ever is it don't ever judge somebody on. Have you got this in your scone book? I think so. Right. Well, one uh, of them. One of them is essentially oh, the four that, agreements. Yes, the four agreements. Yeah. That's it. Um, one of them is essentially something along the lines of you getting it up. Yeah. Have you got so it? I'm, I'm going to butcher it if I try and. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the third. It's the third one, I think. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. That's it. That's the one. Don't take anything personally. Have you got an elaborate? Have you got a um a, a, a summary of it? Somewhere? Yeah. For the that second one. There's a Winston Churchill quote, which is. Success is to move from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic. Which is cool. To me, that's what that is. It's like, I'm just going to follow with this, follow through with this approach. Well, the don't don't take anything personally when we're talking about the social situation is exactly correct there. So the, um, an analogy would be, we keep on going back to, to, uh, to relationships, but it's the easiest one. But let's talk about, so you, you're going up to a friend, let's say you want to make friends, you're in a new city, mm-hmm. you haven't ever been here before, and you go up to a group of uh, similar-aged guys, and you think, oh, these guys are dressed similar to me, and they're similar age to me, and maybe they've got similar interests. So you go up and you try and have a conversation with them, and they all sort of turn around and, and look at you weirdly and don't really reply and mumble something, and you have to shuffle off, and it was all a bit awkward. But... You don't know what's just happened. Those guys could have literally just come from a wake. Mm. One of their dads could have just died. Someone could have just split up with them. Like one of them could have the just found that out that... Like, one, oh, they didn't like me. But yeah, actually, yeah. one of them's me. just found out that they've got a terminal illness or anything mm. could have happened. And you could go back three weeks later and that same group of people could be in a different mindset. Something else could have been... Might not have happened. And... So that's like staying positive about a situation, like something that goes badly. And instead of thinking, oh, fucking hell, I'm a piece of shit, like I'm worthless, you think, you know what, actually, probably nothing to do with me. It's like taking anything and just thinking, it's fine anyway. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, And again, with that, the only armour that you have to wear in that situation is speaking the truth. Because if you do anything short of speaking the truth, then you have... Um, you've cultivated the character that you've put forward and you've preened it in a manner that became elective and that decision in which direction that you go affected the outcome Mm. and that gives you cause to think twice about stuff because you're like, hang on, what if I'd said this instead of that? Mm. What if I'd said, if I hadn't said this? Strategizing rather than just saying like, this is who I am it's out of my control whether people respond negatively or positively yeah, to that. 100%. And yeah, so I guess that, so I I have quite a unorthodox view of, the, the, so I believe desire precedes the feeling, which precedes the thought. As, a, as opposed to the typical paradigm, which is the other way around. So I, I think that um, your core desires, so the wanting of approval, control and safety give rise to, so they're like the trunks of the tree, which is the analogy they use, give rise to the emotions which stem from wanting approval, control, or safety, and if those things are challenged, and then they create, they provide the soil for the thoughts to come out. Mm-hmm. I'm mixing analogies, but tr- basically tree trunk, desires, tree branches, emotions, leaves, are thoughts. Okay. And so, for example, I used to be very nervous on camera because 
Johnny and I started Propane Fitness as a written blog and we were just writing articles and then suddenly we were like, oh, safe actually, behind a screen, right? Safe behind a screen. We were just keyboard warriors that didn't lift and we were, you know, um, but then we, we were like, okay, you know, the first step is you put up a topless photo online. It's a little bit scary, especially when people are looking at it in the office and so on. Mm. Then it was like, right, we need to do podcasts and videos. First time I did a video, I remember being petrified, had to re-record 25 times and any little stumble, I'd be like, oh no, I'm going to edit it out and stuff or, yeah. or re-record. And over time, I think just from a purely evolutionary or physiological basis that you, you apply repeated scary stimuli, you become <laughs> less um, sensitive to them. Mm-hmm. And now there's no fear to doing video, you know, that things like a live video where you see the, the little green light and you're like, right, 15,000 people you're on. If you fuck up, like that's it. You just mm. have to roll with it. Yeah. Um, and I remember that being really scary, but what's happened is on a neurochemical basis, you're less reactive to that scary stimulus. And then as a result, your mind starts then justifying more positive thought patterns, which are, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's natural. Everyone, messes up everyone stumbles over things or whatever it is that you're you might so it's not that you changed your thoughts and therefore you became less fearful mm-hmm. it's that you changed the feeling and then your thoughts about the subject changed as a result yeah so that's a lovely uh, i remember lovely, lovely uh, concept i remember feeling like you were saying first few videos like oh my god what if this goes wrong yeah and now if something goes wrong my first thought usually is like if anyone takes the piss, like you do, Good. A, you do a live video. Good, but like it's again with that. So this comes back to the thing about the vulnerability a little bit. That I think a lot of the time confidence is confused with strength mm. or a lack of vulnerability, and that's totally not true. That vulnerability, and this is to anyone who wants to, um, anyone who's struggling to make friends. One of the best things that you can do is show your vulnerabilities and not your strengths to people. Because vulnerabilities are so endearing and strengths just make you look like a like Dickhead. a well-to-do twat. Yeah, well, that study that we, we talked about in the last one of the professor that gave a speech in a classroom of people and they, they ran it twice, they split tested it. Only difference was at the start of one of them, the professor dropped the papers on the floor and, uh, like, oh, yeah. and picked them up and people rated them liking the second professor much more than mm-hmm. just the first more honest. Yeah. The v- vulnerability is such a big deal and that's the same. If something goes wrong, you know, Previously, when we were first doing these podcasts, I'm aware that this is only, you know, into the teens of the episodes now. But at the very, very start, I would be hyper, hyper concerned about whether or not something something was a blunder or something messed up. Mm-hmm. But that's just as much a part of the character as anything else. Obviously, you can, if it was five minutes of... That would be a little bit silly. But this is your post hoc rationalization now. Yeah. Whereas if you had a blunder in episode one, you'd be thinking, oh, but actually, but now, like, because the feelings changed, your brain produces different thoughts about the subject. Maybe it rationalizes it as, oh, you know what? People are just listening in their car. They're not going to care about a couple of seconds of blah, 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 yeah. Yeah. whatever. So I, I. But again, yeah. it just it adds character. Do you know what I mean? It's it all comes back for me. It all comes back to speaking the truth. That if you're perfectly happy with what it is that you're putting forward, the person, the truth that you're speaking and the person that you're being forward. So what? Like, it doesn't matter. But again, if you were, oh, well, I was trying to play the role of X, that made me blunder. Shit. Maybe if I'd tried to do the role of Y, that wouldn't have made me blunder because mm-hmm. there's, it becomes it becomes discerning rather than 
just sort of like a, a straight line. There's a there's a really sense of protection from that as well though. Like oh, at least I wasn't showing the true me, and it was just the the, the mask that got knocked down. And yeah, knocked but I mean that's that's such a false. Healthy. It's such a false economy that like the the level of indestructibleness that you have or invincibility that you have as a person being truthfully and honestly yourself and trying to be as close to virtuous as possible is it's unbeatable it's absolutely unbeatable it's counterintuitive isn't it but yeah do you think there's any scenarios so something that, that Garrett uses as an example when he decided like I'm just going to be totally honest about everything mm-hmm. he's in the he's buying something in a shop standing at the till and the lady goes how's your day sir he goes like fucking shit like fucking terrible I've had a shit day and like he's just just says exactly what's on his mind and uses it uses the uh, he, he has this the caveat as like honesty is is best used when it's relevant to a situation yeah. whereas like oh, yeah, if you're that. walking along the street and you're like you're fucking fat was it really? like, you weirdo <laughs> yeah like that technically you're telling the truth and you're being honest real but, raw and relevant yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there's a there's so, a, so is there is there any situation like what, what I think what I'm trying to get across is I think saying to someone who has no context just tell the truth mm. that that has to be a lens with which I was put of through. Course. Otherwise, it's like you know, just you're going to end up having extreme. a much worse experience of life. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you brushed on autism earlier on. I mean, that's what. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I think yeah, you are right. You you need to curate whatever it is that you're doing. I think that you can curate your you can create your projection whilst not editing your persona for people. So, mm. so smoothen the delivery. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, when I'm the, the way that the way that I talk to people on the front door. Excuse of me, madam, you're a bit overweight. Rather than <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. fucking fucking. Like um, you said about the um, referentially looking back with this level of perspective mm. on things that you can. Have you knocked something out? No. Because no. your legs are so long. My knees getting sore. Is it? I'm so, so confident, confident uh, strong. I know, I know, it says your toe's going blue. Whatever. Blue toe. I've got, I've just got bad circulation. As long as you're confident that it'll be okay. It will be. Well then. It's a truthful thumb. <laughs> thumb. Toe. <laughs> Foot thumb. Big toes and thumbs are very similar, thumb. aren't they? Foot thumb. Um, so, you have both read or listened to His Dark Materials, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And there's this concept in that which keeps on coming up. Anyone who hasn't, it's a a series of books by Philip Pullman. They butchered it when they tried to turn the first one into a film oh, called yeah. Northern Lights. I don't have even seen that. Yeah, I, it was, I watched half of it. It was terrible. Yeah. Considering that I was a massive fan of the book. Mm. Books, I think we all were. They just mm. really like Disneyfied it. It was oh. just shit. It was yeah. so shit, considering how brilliant that book series was. Yeah. So anyway, it's a, it's a um, fantasy novel series, three books long. And in it, this, this girl finds that she's able to do something naturally that is incredibly rare. Then, as she comes of age in puberty, she finds that she loses the skill. And during this conversation with a um, kind of like the, the head matron of this particular uh, discipline, she talks about this journey through unconscious grace to conscious ungrace to conscious grace. And... This, a lot of the time, is what I feel like the journey through confidence can be like, that people may naturally have a particular capacity within a social situation. Mm. Then a few situations will occur that make them think, holy fucking shit, there's a lot on the line here. People can think I'm silly and this, that, and the other. 
they become conscious, they lose the, the skill, they lose the talent. And then the woman says it in the book. She says, it will take you a lifetime to learn, but your depth of understanding will be infinitely greater than it ever was before. Mm. And I think that that, with regards to a lot of pursuits that are to do with social skill, is exactly what happens. So, for instance, I remember, this is not like that, but I remember when I was about five years old, running and somersaulting off a diving board on holiday because I had absolutely no concept of fear. Mm. Then I remember being about 10 or 11 when I'd started swimming properly and had clonked my head off the side of a, a swimming pool a few times and thought, fucking what, no from, way. From the diving board? Or, yeah, from whatever variety of, of accidents at, at Always swimming nasty. class. Yeah, it's <laughs> so painful. And thinking, there's fucking no way you're going to get me running. What if I slip? What if I do this, that, and the other? And then you think, right, okay, I now need to retrain myself to have this conscious grace. Mm. And it's the... Oh, no, 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 mm. no, no. It's that reflex from a little bit of trauma mm-hmm. that can break down someone's natural capacity to do things. Trading. Like we talked about last time. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. You, you, well, you said the best traders are often, the, the newest traders are often the best ones. They've got happy-go-lucky attitude and they just, yeah. They, they trade as they feel rather than obsessing over every minor. So every you've got, you're now trying to get back to the same state of mind you were in when That's you first con- started. Yeah, I'm in conscious ungrace right now. And mm. then, yeah, I, speaking of diving boards, um, I don't know if you've ever jumped off like the, the really high one. Mm-hmm. It's never a board, Probably, is it? It's, it's a just platform. a platform. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Really? <laughs> I remember like it's like a proper slap in the ball sack. Like if your feet are even slightly apart. Yeah. I think after that it was like you know what, I did a, I did a high speed take one hit in the nuts and yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean if there's anything that'll take the wind out of you. <laughs> Instant nausea, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> the slow. Growth. How's that connected? How's that helpful? Yeah, hit the bollocks. You feel sick. Great. If you understand the physiological response of being kicked in the nads, please tweet me so that we can understand it for the next one. Might require multiple tweets, but. Please it's fine. Do it, do it do you inside. not understand it? So the, the, there's, there'll be a referred pain element, I think. Like, So for if you have air under the diaphragm or liver swelling, you can get shoulder tip pain because the same nerve that innervates the diaphragm also innervates the skin at the tip of the shoulder. That's interesting. But so why, why, like, do, do you two experience nausea? You get kicked in the balls? I haven't been kicked in the balls for ages. When was the last time you got kicked in the nuts? Be a long time. I have a, I have a memory of someone swimming beneath me and coming... Up like that, <laughs> head intervals, and that oh, was no. like I had to get out the pool. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's it, and you're and you're like, <sighs> it's one of those moments you realise how hard someone's head is as well. Yeah, <laughs> like I headbutted someone the other day actually, and yeah, in the what? 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 Just in the head? How? Oh god! <laughs> what was happening? Um, he was a bit drunk and didn't like didn't look where he was going. We ended up headbutting each Flashing other. Hands. You yeah. didn't just go, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, is there is there anything else I, you want to go yeah, through? Yeah, so with I think for me there was a, there was a time in my life when I remember feeling very unconfident, mm-hmm. and then a phase where I feel like I'm quite confident now. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that's so that's going from being chubby kid to being seen as the person who's like, oh, Johnny's massive, like he goes to the gym, all that sort of stuff. And so for me, I think strength training's always been something that's allowed me to build my confidence in like a very like contained way. Cause you have a series of experiences, which is like, I can't do that. Oh, I've done it. Oh, that didn't go very well, but I've succeeded anyway. Mm. And it just, it's just a series. So of- that's, you've touched on two separate elements there. Mm-hmm. One of them is about your intrinsic successes, mm-hmm. which yep. are meaningful to you. Yeah. The other one 
was to do with other people's perception, perception. of you. Yeah. Now, if anyone is trying to rely, uh, get their confidence to rely on other people's perceptions of them, mm. you're building a, a house on very, very shaky foundations. I, I agree. I agree. But I think for a lot of people, so a lot of the, a lot of people I know who I would perceive to be confident, strength train. So that's a really interesting thing as well, because if somebody, I think the strength training is the initial precipitant to gaining confidence. But yeah. then it depends from that point how much it hinges on that by how much they on invest the their identity in yeah. that. Yeah. So you have yeah. like the the power lifter um, who you know that who like has all the all the gear and you know really no invest idea. their yeah their identity in you know the bald beard like top knot um, top, <laughs> top knot listening to metal <laughs> like and really invest their identity as like the power lifter. And then if they have an injury or whatever and they can't do that thing. Yeah it can go one of two ways. It can either be that they've, they've built up their confidence and it's ratcheted up and they've leveraged lever- Yeah. <laughs> they've proved to themselves that they have competence to then expand to other things or they invested so heavily in that identity that, and I think it might've been Eric Helms actually, or some, someone said uh, to hedge, oh, it was Eric Helms, yeah. hedge your identity across multiple things. So that, cause he was like, I'm not always going to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. And you know, at some point I'm going to be old and fat. So if I, I need to add value in other areas as well. You have to, yeah. Otherwise, if I just go balls well, in on that thing. It's, it's like I am Johnny and I powerlift versus I'm Johnny the powerlifter. Yeah. Are two very different realities. But that's why that's why I like the idea of the top knot for you. <laughs> just hedges my personality. Well, no, it's, yeah, kind of. But it's because it makes you more of an enigma. It's mm. look at all of these things. So well, well written, well spoken, well educated, chartered accountant. <laughs> But then also able to pick up 310 kilos. Fuck, he's got a top nut as well. Yeah. Like, Creates this like, who the hell Oh my that? God, what yeah. the fuck? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, just getting pebble dashed with. So this, I don't think we've actually even touched that on this. That's another Don Miguel Ruiz thing. Don't allow people to put you in a box. Don't be categorizable. Mm. No, I think Create your own box. I think being, I think being multifaceted. I, so, some people are, by their very nature, are within a cookie cutter mold. Some yeah. people have to fall within that. Yeah. Um, I really want to do, uh, this is quite a, a nice and positive one. For me, because of my uh, natural temperament, I, oh, that wasn't that loud. Um, that was loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a depressive personality sometimes. And one of the things that I really, really want to do a podcast on is um, why we're fated to be lonely, which is a, a YouTube video done by Alan Bottom from School of Life. And as a part of that, one of the things he says is that the more subtle and uh, the more subtle and um, unique, like the more subtle and mindful your views are, the fewer people are going to be like you in society. And given the choice between honesty and acceptability, mm. most of us understandably choose the latter. But again, with that, if you have this multifaceted, slightly contrary, slightly subtle, different worldview presuming that it's not going to offend anyone or get you in jail, might be an idea to try and speak it forth because it'll open up some other people's eyes. And Especially have, with the internet, you will find people that resonate with you. Oh, you across find, time. find people who love you, mm. people who hate you and people who love you. Yeah, it polarises opinion. Mm. Um, one of the things we haven't really touched on yet, I don't think at all in this, I think the podcast, we st- I started doing Modern Wisdom post in the post-JBP world. Mm. So Jordan Peterson, who has been... Uh, guiding force for me in understanding um, myself and I think you guys to a degree as well. One of the key um, 
one of the key habits that he asks people to cultivate is to clean up their room. And what he says oh, is that... Bloody hell, clean your room! I mean, people think these... <laughs> These kids, they're 18 and they want to go out and change the world and they've got dirty socks on their room. <laughs> How can you opine about the economic state of the world when you can't even clean your room? I so mean, what, he yeah. says is, what he says is that um, your bedroom is a domain of competence within everybody's capacity. So mm. everyone can clean their room. Like, unless you're one of the people, well, those people out of, like, hoarders, like, you can clean your room. You could have a disability. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's made me feel really. There's ever a way to shake the confidence. Um, most people, a large majority of people, can clean their room, and might, what would be blind? <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Um, well, that's offensive to blind people who can't clean their room. No, it's not. Because they're going to say, well... I'm blind. I just said might be, might be blind. I didn't say blind people can't clean their room. Well, you implied that. And they're going to say... An implication is a very personal thing. Like, what you've taken as my implication <laughs> might not be what I imply. Oh. I'm responsible for what I say. Oh. You understand. <laughs> I choose my words very carefully. Yeah. Very, very, very precise. You saw the... Was it you that sent me the WEP? Yeah. Into, oh. That was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I, as you know, like I have mixed feelings about him, but things like that are brilliant. <laughs> I think what you, you, I think you had fewer mixed feelings about Jordan Peterson before you read his book. Yeah, the book, the, the book for me as well. It's been really, really difficult going. Anyway, so he, <laughs> so he talks about um, your your bedroom is a domain of competence, and once you've mastered that, you can then look to expand. Okay, so what else can I clean up? Kitchen. Maybe I can go kitchen. Maybe mm. I can go into the living room. Maybe I can help someone else with their bedroom or their problems or whatever it might be. And it's starting in a domain that is a safe space, so to speak. It's something that you know that you can get mastery over pretty quickly and you build the brick on top of that. And the powerlifting analogy that you used for yourself seems a little bit like that. It's a domain of competence that you are capable within. Now, obviously, it's by virtue of gravity, it can be quite hard. Um, (laughs) Gets progressively harder as well. That's the thing, you know, because you, you put more weight on. Which to me seems because you picked it up. You picked it up. now you've done it. You've already done it. It was hard. It was hard, and then you put more weight on, and you picked it up again. And sometimes you have to do it more than one time. And oh. That seems almost pointless. Yeah, ridiculous. Because yeah. you put it down in the same place every single time, and pick it up in exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah. I think that so that creates certainly you you almost witness it. Like we see it with our clients. So they oh, become different people so much, uh, and I don't think it's because of the muscle mass. It's because as you said they've proven to themselves that they can be competent in something and they extrapolate that to other yeah. challenges. And that's you go why. from like, I'm overweight, I don't like how I look, to like, oh my God. I, I have the capacity look, for change. I've done this. Yeah. I look totally different. What else can I do? Yeah. So it's and self-belief, I think, rather yeah. than... Self-efficacy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that is true. Or like, I've done what I said I would. Well, how, does like that mani- how does that manifest itself moving forward in confidence? Confidence is the meta term. That I is- think it's just it's just believing that you can... Go do something. An act to change successfully. It. Yeah. And so that's the same as like, um, you go into a, a job interview and you think, I'm going to do well here, mm-hmm. rather than, oh, I'm not worth a job. And mm-hmm. someone who's like got a gold medal at Worlds mm-hmm. probably, probably has quite a lot of like, I'll be all right with that. Yeah. Versus someone who's like never tested their physical abilities or pushed themselves outside their comfort zone. So I'm sure that the, the, there must be people who are potentially not on the physical side, but cerebrally testing mm. themselves very heavily. Yeah. Someone who's studying for a crazy research degree or 
whatever it might be. And these people are overcoming obstacles in a similar manner. Mm-hmm. Well, so I was going to say, there's a lot, there's a high suicide rate in Cambridge University, for example, of people who like, and they tend to be the high, highest performers that are so hard on themselves for not living up to high expectations. That, up here. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I wonder what's going on there. I did a, I did an Instagram post that was, that concluded with something along the lines of the line between self-motivation and self-compassion is a lot wider than you think. And I think that a lot of the time people can confuse being compassionate with themselves with not having drive to be better. Mm. So allowing yourself to, you've, you've had confidence to go into a situation, that situation didn't turn out the way that you wanted. Okay, how should I then re-discipline myself after this situation's occurred? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if I don't beat myself up, then how am I going to... I'm not going to learn. I'm going to think that like this was an acceptable outcome, despite the fact it wasn't the outcome that I wanted. Mm. And you go, well, they're mutually exclusive. The best way, the best way to do that. And one of the, um, one of the tactics that I've been using more recently for this has been, um, treat, uh, treat yourself as if you were a friend that you were responsible for helping again, another Jordan Peterson rule. Mm. And you wouldn't lay into them all the time. You'd be like, look, here are your faults. Here's how you can improve them. Rather than let's like, make a plan to yeah, make it better. Rather absolutely. Than, rather than remind them every day. You're a dickhead. Yeah. You're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. if, like what? A lot of the time, I'll think like what? What would you say if one of your friends came to you with this particular problem? What would you say to them? And you know, if you can, th- if one of your friends came up to you and you were like, you what? what you just, it just reminded me of in Life Hacks 103. Give it a listen. Great episode uh, was when Johnny said, sometimes if you have multiple captures across different things or you've captured, but then you forgot to review the capture and then it's your brain's way of being like, ha ha dickhead. Like, <laughs> you, you forgot to action this and now you, yeah. I was listening to that. Yeah. Now you're paying for the, <laughs> I had an experience of the day and I remember your voice came into my head of, I made a reminder, which, so I use Siri. So I use like oh, the, yeah. Hey, Siri. yeah. Uh, remind me to, and it misinterpreted it. The reminder came up 9am next morning, looked at it. I'm like, no idea what it is. That and to me your voice came in my head. I was like, you Ask the Gestapo, if it, <laughs> what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, and you just feel worse because yeah. you remember. I you know you had to you know remember that something. I had to yeah. remember. I set a reminder for it, and I've got no idea what it is because Siri can't decipher my words. And then you so, get a call two weeks later from your dentist, being like, "We're going to have to discharge you from our clinic because mm, you, you you're not attending for something." You're like, "Ah, oh, damn it, fuck!" <laughs> yeah. So, someone who has a really interesting perspective on like self-management, Jocko Willink. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, he's just so far over on the like redlining end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Like his Instagram, every other post on Instagram is his watch at 4 a.m., like 4.01, 4 a.m., 3.59 when he wakes up. Yeah. And then there's a photo of a pool of sweat where he's been entrained and he just puts the aftermath. And he had a video about like what to do when things aren't going well mm. in your life. It's like, oh, you didn't get that job. Your girlfriend broke up with you. Like, good. Like, your business <laughs> failed good you're fat and out of shape good he's like reload regroup oh he's a fucking get after he's it a fucking well he's a fucking navy seal yeah so but part of me thinks like if you just treat yourself like a drill sergeant the whole time there's probably not even time to be like <laughs> i'm a piece of weak piece of shit because you just always you've already like, been you're, 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 you're doing burpees in the yeah on time it's, it's, beach, aren't you? you just knack it all the time so, be like i've just got to Keep getting gotta get after it. Like, yeah. what would Jocko do? What do would Jocko do? You know, do? space for like yeah. chatter. You, <laughs> do you know like, what it is? Gary Gary V is a pussy version of Jocko. <laughs> They're very similar. Yeah, very similar. I'm gonna have to subscribe to Jocko. Except Gary's like, just 
post on Instagram, Gary Vaynerchuk. And drop the links like, fuck you, get, uh, get to the gym, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> don't, don't press snooze, get up, you bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like, I wonder what would happen if they met. Gary Vaynerchuk. Probably, they probably agree on a lot of things. I, I really, really hope Jocko Willing punches Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> He's just so irritating. But so if you listen to some of the experiences as a Navy SEAL that Jocko's had, mm. you do think like if you've been in those sorts of scenarios, anything else is just an absolute insignificance. Like the, the fight club thing is that like when you've been in a fight that morning, everything else the rest of the day has just the noise down. down. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and like. I think there is an element to that. But this is one of the things you you can't expedite life experience. Mm. To a degree, you can try and cram it in, mm-hmm. but there's a required time and attention that you need to yeah. go through for something to really sink, sink in. in. Yeah, 100%. Because you need it's not just the time that it takes, it's not just having the experience. It's then the reflective period of the experience, then the experience again with a new, a new set of eyes and new approach. and do you think that is what explains the general increase in people's confidence with age? Like, do you think it's it, because of there's time available for those experiences to be processed? Or do you think there's some kind of thing inherent to aging that causes it? No, I think it's that if you have a smaller sample size, something going incredibly well or incredibly badly is more of an outlier mm-hmm. than if you then... Uh, okay, you've, you've got more more of a we've bank of seen it all before, experiences that like, have Oh, here we are again. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, hang on, I thought, I thought this was 105% greatness. Actually... In ten years' time, I've realised that that wasn't even a fifty percent of greatness. Mm. So you're just much more. So I guess you become more cynical, but also more calm about things because it's yeah. just like, well, well, you're just more measured. Just the same. It's being same measured. Same old, yeah. yeah, it's being measured about experiences, and this is one of the things when that's very liberating for me personally as a you know a single guy growing, getting older now as I'm thirty. You can walk into a club and or walk into a bar or whatever it might be. And previously you walk up to a group of like, I don't know, your early twenties guys. And previously there'd be this sort of chest up dick measuring kind of, what do you, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Like that kind of thing. And now I'm interested in your, your progression of this. It's just, it's just now you can kind of have a smug sense of satisfaction as you get older it's the one thing, like time's the one thing that we don't get any of it back. It's also the one thing that's, you you can't cheat it either way. You can't make yourself younger and you can't make yourself older. And it means that it's kind oh, of... Like Nivea have those products. Well, I've been using Clarence for many for years. Ole. So. Oil of Ole. Ole. Um, Oil of Ule. <laughs> so did you used to ever experience, so that, that situation, walking yeah. up to a group of guys... You said, so you wouldn't experience anxiety per se, but it was more of oh, like no, a... Oh, no, massively, massively. Oh, okay. And then, and then the, the um, I guess the compensation is, Just is the, that. Yeah, a little bit. But you well, used to be, I suppose. And then, yeah, I think I think definitely, I was an only, gri- only child, which means that your socialisation is very, very different to someone that's got siblings, incredibly different. And I think definitely to a degree, it meant that I was probably slower to socialise and also saw it, saw it more as an experiment and more as a list of inputs and outputs, something to be mindful of, rather than a natural part of day-to-day discourse. Because for me, growing up, I didn't have... I'd play a lot of sports, and those would be my brothers and sisters, so to speak. Mm. But 
that a lot of that stuff didn't come naturally to me, so I had to cultivate it, which this actually allows... reveal how far on the spectrum we all are, of like, I saw social interaction as a series of inputs yeah, and outputs. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it is, it is. Like, I, I, can't, I can't make a pretense about the fact that it came naturally to me. Do you think, it, do you think it's autistic to even think, I want to get better at my ability to socialise? No. You don't? No. Do you think, so the thought I always have is like, I have this like stock guy in my head who's like similar age to me. All they care about is like beer and the football match and mm-hmm. like pop idol and all these sorts of things. I'm aware that pop idols, you see, you see what they did. Jesus. So, <laughs> and, and like, wouldn't, wouldn't even consider like getting an audible account or yeah. do they, does it even cross their mind? Like, I'd like to improve my ability to socialise with other people. So that's or... the unconscious grace thing, that there's a natural... Because like, I, I, I think social intelligence is so independent of normal intelligence that you can have... And you, you have, you've met people that, are like, you wouldn't class them as the brightest tool in the shed, but they're so they're great emotionally public, intelligent. Incredibly yeah. engaging. Yeah. And I guess if you if you make them start, like, dissecting it, actually it's probably going to take things apart. Cause well, again, you have, you have people... <laughs> they Dimitri, see the truth. Dimitri, you know, a good, a good example of this, we were talking about strength sports, Dmitry Klokov. Mm-hmm has a, a very unconventional style of lifting. His feet are too close together. Sometimes one's in front of the other. He's got bowed legs, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he's uh, just, he, lift, he lifts in... Russian. It, he does lift Russian. Cheating. Um, he lifts in a style which a coach would come over and say, well, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. But naturally, mm. he's very capable within the like, domain no, of competence. How, how much you snatch? Yeah. I yeah. snatch more. Yeah, with sure. one arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, mm. it's it's just... Some people have this natural ability, but you're right. Like some people, quite rightly so, don't want to cultivate. Uh, well, they don't have to systematize it. It can just be. Well, no, they just yeah. don't want to. Maybe they're bad socially and they don't care. Or yeah, maybe they're bad socially and they have place. no desire to get better. So is that confidence? So that, but yeah, because then being or, bad socially, or not caring, actually, is that is that desirable? But again, mm-hmm. I think conf- I think confidence can be broken down to a lack of uh, a lack of attachment to the outcome of something. So if you are not bothered about whether or not it goes well or goes badly... It can all be explained by... Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose, actually, the, 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 I guess... To, <laughs> the, the, I the, the safety catch on that is that if if you're bad socially, like you're socially anxious, but you don't care about it, then you wouldn't be socially anxious because social anxiety <laughs> That's the self-correcting is, mechanism. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, but maybe all you care about is, like, Warcraft. And, and like, when you're socially anxious, it. all you're thinking about is Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like I'm socially anxious but I, I genuinely well, just want to go home and play can, we, uh, yeah. can we do an episode on how to become more confident within Warcraft within the Warcraft domain. oh that's Warhammer sorry Warcraft is the, the digital online, online uh, MMORPG oh my god wow. okay yeah. so one more question which so if you are seeking advice from people yeah how does that fit into your definitions of confidence can you explain what you, I, I'm not really sure what so, you mean so seeking advice Getting a coach. Um, no, I know, I know what you mean by that. I, so I just how mean, does that I, fit in with the sense of like, so if, if self-efficacy and self-assuredness is all about being comfortable with your decisions and knowing that, how does then seeking advice from other people... Being, being comfortable. Shit. What is going on here? It's all about my trichander. <laughs> is it not your bursa? But, so what's so the bursa is involved? Bursa. Right, okay. The bursa is involved, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Which is either a sack of fluid or someone who manages the finances of a school. Okay. So I think I think that um, when you're talking about confidence, a an admission that you want to better yourself 
without feeling silly or um, concerned about the process that you're going to go through is absolutely a part of that. Okay. Because I suppose that even in seeking advice, there's a spectrum of like being an asshole and just asking for the sake of it or um, going out like going overboard, asking advice, but not actually taking any of it and just using it as a procrastination tool or asking so that it confirms your existing view, which confirmation bias, or it's totally, uh, well, un, un, what's the word? Unbiased, like mm-hmm. asking for advice and then taking. But what's some more, of the, what's more liberating than you thinking to yourself, "Okay, I need to get better at X. I'm going to ask a question about it." Mm-hmm. What's more, what what requires more confidence than that? So I think it's that level to, of vulnerability to sit with, uh, just like backing yourself that if you're told to do something. Like if, if you ask for advice and someone gives you advice and you trust that person, you're like, go for it. Okay. So, I guess so like, I want fashion That's advice. confidence in them, right? It's yeah. Con- it, I suppose yeah. it's accurately assessing your... So like, for example, we were like, okay, our fashion ability is quite low. We know someone who we ac- we can assess. It has a more complete understanding of that outsource. Yeah. So being objective with yourself as much as possible. I guess so, yeah. Trying to say, where am I weak? Where am I strong? Yeah. Where can I improve but Again, myself? with that, that comes back to being able to be truthful because one of the problems I had, I played a role for a very, very long time. The one that ended up manifesting itself on Love Island and oddly enough was uh, highlighted to myself internally so starkly that it was what made me realise, right, you need to actually try and find out who the fuck you are mm. because it's not that person you thought it might have been, but it's definitely, definitely fucking not. And three weeks with a hundred cameras on you has made it quite apparent. I think that I spent an awful lot of time pretending to be something that I wasn't. And that series of lying meant that I actually didn't know what I was good and what I wasn't good at. Like how was I able to work out where, which elements of my life needed work when everything was a lie, the lies had, and, mm. and the um, fronting and the facade and the veneer had become so much a part of me that it's I didn't know where I finished. Way. I didn't know where I finished and, and, and it began. So it's because it, I mean, pe- people, I suppose have different, you know, like you get, you go through a horrible traumatic experience or protection, whatever. And suddenly you're forced to reveal the, the true you. Mm-hmm. And for you, that was Love Island. <laughs> well, but, but seriously though, like you're it's like, here I am in this world and I'm realizing like, holy shit, the person that I w- I've been trying to like, put out to the world, I can't sustain. Yeah. So there has to be a gap between Love Island Chris and real Chris. Yeah. And other people like are in a plane crash or, you know, get marooned on an island and you went on a reality TV show. But I went it's on all, an island. It's all the same thing. I was on an I was marooned on an island. Is it actually just an island? It's Mallorca. All right. Which is an island. It's a nice place to be marooned on. It's all right. You weren't marooned. I you wasn't marooned. Sustain. And you're not going to be marooned either anymore. No There's more no maroon. <laughs> <laughs> but only because... He has confidence in you he does. and his ability to follow the advice. Right. Anything else? Any closing thoughts? I think we covered some pretty good ground in that. And that was a lovely run through of definitions, different domains of confidence and what you've done. Because I, I think I was excited to do this episode to see what your evolution has been and how you see the whole discipline of confidence. Mm being the person who I think is the, the most, at least the most confident person that I know personally. Like going to Iceland, for example. Well, like, so we, we went to Iceland together, the three of us. And I remember just 
it was it was ridiculous. Like, but I suppose like a, a club is the is your that's your thumb, stomping isn't it? ground, yeah, isn't it? That's so, your jam. But it's the same if you were like the guy that started on you. The several <laughs> se- several women flocking flocking to you. Like it was all quite. I started on you in Iceland. The yeah, when the... he tried to get us off his table. In Iceland, yeah, when we were in that the bar, Nobet, it, it was like, and he was like, "Oh, I've bought, I've bought this bottle, this single bottle. Oh yeah, it's going to come over." <laughs> and the doorman, the doorman realized, "You're like, he, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that made him no, feel silly." I don't think it was, even, it was like, it was like, "All right, then you, you want to speak?" To, I can't remember how. It well, what was so funny about that looking back actually was I felt a sense of total calm because <laughs> I was just like, Chris has dealt with this. A million times. Thousands of but times. It's just a, like, it was just, it was a pissed up 22 year old who'd bought a single bottle of Smirnoff and thought that that somehow gave him right to move me off his table. Yeah. Hang he on. did physically try and push <laughs> you he, off. He did. Know, and then yeah. the, doorman, the doorman put his hand in the way in between both of us and said, basically sort of waggled his finger at him. This is obviously a kid who goes to the club a fair bit and that misbehaved. Was it, you, you, so the doorman had done like, that. So I put my hand on his back and I said, you just listen to your dad, yeah? <laughs> that, that was it. Yeah. And, um, oh no, you just listen to your boss. And then, and then just wait, and then just waited there, finished my drink, put my drink back down on his table, and then left. Oh yeah, it was it was just a feeling of like I'm trying to think of an example. It's like being in a being in a plane crash, but you know the pilot's got it. Yeah, it's fine. It's like this is not like that. That guy has no idea how many times Chris has dealt with people like him in situations like this. Yeah. And then the it, that, and the it all worked out fine. So the fact that, that he's just, Icelandic made no difference. Exposure, just exposure. Yeah, it's time and attention. Uh, right, I my I think. I would like to part with yes. start with something like if you feel like you're lacking confidence start with doing trying to do something just yourself like the make your bed example mm-hmm. and prove to yourself that you can achieve something prove to yourself that you can be consistent with something that you set yourself to do <laughs> I wonder if that ice cream van's being picked up on the Mr. Whippy um, I, no I agree I agree yeah. wholeheartedly so there. find find a domain of competence and yep. start to push it a little bit. And prove, prove to yourself that you can do something that you maybe don't, right now, don't feel like you can. Mm-hmm. And then over time, as a result of doing that, you become a different person and start to set the bar slightly higher and slightly higher until one day you're doing things that like two you years ago never you thought never have thought. Well, and that breeds confidence. It's a good point to make it progressive as well because I think if you suddenly hold yourself to standards that are way above your current level, like mm. the like the Cambridge suicides, like you're only going to fall short of it. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah. I think that's Begin with your nice domain of build, competence. Build right? momentum in improving well, yourself. This slowly. is, again, another, people just need to read my Instagram more. There's a, <laughs> there's a, things become thoughts as opposed to thoughts become things. And it's, if you spend the entire day, there's no difference between the girl who spends the entire day ruminating about going to the gym, obsessing, listening to a gym playlist to amp herself up and using up every ounce of willpower to get herself to the gym. The and the girl, the thought and the girl who just gets in the car and mm-hmm. ends up at the gym. The only difference is one of them's used up a fuck ton of willpower and energy getting there. There was something you said to me. This is not really related. I have an, I have an Evernote, which is things I've learned from my friends, right. like lessons. There was something you said to me. It was in the same conversation where you initially said that to me. Yeah. Where it was something about my shoelaces. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, it's okay because there's a process because if I trip on my shoelaces, I know to tie them up. And you said like, yes, but if you act on the, like if you act on the react and the result rather than the, I can't 
can't remember. No, it doesn't I don't remember that one. It's like when I quoted you to Corey Allen and you had absolutely no idea <laughs> that you said it. Did I say that? I think I did. But yeah, I remember you saying like, because at the time I was being really inconsistent with my training mm. and you used that as an example. Like, there's no, like, you don't have to make fanfare about it. Just just do it. Get, just start just, doing something. Just do it, yeah. And the same thing. So I think you, you're totally right. To begin, I think confidence can be, confidence needs to be a belief that your capacity is greater than what you think it is, or it's greater than what you believe it to be currently. That if you were presented with a challenge, that there is a, a fair chance that you may be able to overcome it. Yeah. And if you yeah. don't, you will be okay. Yeah. Or you'll figure it out. Yeah. No matter what happens. You'll, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to try and PR. I'm going to pick up 315 kilos. Mm. I didn't pick up 315 kilos. Okay. What can we learn from that? Yeah. So I think begin with the domain of competence, fucking clean your room up. Like mm. honestly, it's the, the single biggest impact that I've been able to have has been making my bed every day. And this is a, a combination actually of the video of the Naval officer that went viral oh, yeah. online. About cleaning your Gold bed. Cast. He, your he bed. just talks about making your yeah. bed. And that's like 50 million views. If you haven't seen it, search Goldcast. I think it'll come up. It's like on, first win of the day. On Facebook. Yeah, you've nailed it. You've already started the day well. Right, my bed's made. And then the, the love, the, the nicest thing, the nicest footnote is he goes, and if your day has been completely shit and everything's gone wrong, you come home to a made bed. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, do you know what it is? Yes, <laughs> that is. Um, so I think for me, really, what I get out of, morning routines, training in the morning or anything like that is a feeling of, of confidence. Yeah. It's like I, by 9am I've done everything I wanted to do. The chances of me having a good day to me, just how I feel are higher. You're on a roll. And even if it goes shit, you get to the end of the day and you're like, yeah, but I nailed, I nailed this morning. I think for me definitely as well, one of my keystone habits is getting up early mm, and getting, right. my, getting my morning routine right. Because the opposite is true as well. When you start, the, yeah. When you start the day badly, you frame everything within. Oh shit! Well, if I hadn't I'm, got up late, if yeah. I hadn't done this, that, and the other, everything's jaded with this really, really bad view, as opposed to doing it the other way, which is I'm going to get after it. Oh well, this didn't go as well as I thought, but I'm going to fucking I'm going to have it. Like I'm going to I'm going to get after this task. This situation isn't beyond my domain of competence, or even if it is, I'm still going to be able to crush it. So yeah, wake, waking up early because even then, like it gets to three in the afternoon and you're like, I feel a bit tired. I'm not going to, oh no, hold on. Like today's going so well. It'd be a shame to ruin it. Yeah. I'll just do it Let's anyway. Keep the run. And it almost just keeps you in this little yeah. pathway until the end of the day. You're like what a great day. I can, I can, yeah. now, I can relax. I'm allowed to relax because I, I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So just wake up. Domain of, domain, domain of competence. It's like, a, get after it. Start. Get after it. <laughs> Instagram it. Yeah. yeah. Instagram yeah. it. Little watch. digital watch. Poor of, um, so yeah, domain of competence, start with something that you know that you can conquer and then start to push that progressive overload. Yep. Um, I think definitely being prepared to put yourself into situations that you wouldn't normally be in without any preconception of uh, a desire or a requirement for success or a, a requirement for an outcome that you would derive as success within that to believe it's successful. Like just going on a night out is. And being in a social yeah situation is tick that one off the list. Like, yeah. cool. Okay, I've spent a bit of time and attention there. Like, I've spent, I've learned some things. How can I then, next time I go out, I'll try and do something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, if you can systematize it as best as possible, if you need to cultivate a, um, a capacity within a social environment, get a couple of buddies or 
um, go to a networking event or do whatever it is that you can do that routine routinizes, systematizes, habituates the time and attention. Because if you have to make that decision every single time, then you're going to end up using a shitload of willpower to go. Yeah. But if your friends have already organized, you've already organized to go out for some dinner this evening with my friends, I can't mm. say no. And then you're there and then it rolls into drinks. And before you know it, you're in a bar talking to some people that you've never met before. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Whereas if you've got to drag yourself out of, oh, well, I hadn't planned to go out and I've got to drag myself out of bed on my own and I've got to go and randomly talk to these people. like it Create, makes, Creating like an architecture around your day and week that makes good decisions easy and bad decisions hard. Stack the deck in your favor. Yeah. 100%. Um, and then I, I genuinely think that the, the power stance thing's a big deal. Like if you walk into a bar, like it can be subtly, and I used to do it subtly, sort of go in and you'd stand feet apart, like shoulders back, chest forward. And if you do that for about 30 seconds, you do feel a little bit, I don't know whether it's placebo, but you just think, fucking hell yeah. Like I don't have anything to be concerned about in this situation. Mm. I can, I can talk to people and, and they're going to be responsive, responsive to me and they're going to like me. And even if they don't, then so what? Like, cause I'm happy with me and yeah, it's, um, I think in, I realize I'm extending this when we're trying to wrap up, but I think like in that example, feeling confident socially for me, I've noticed there's a fluctuation in my confidence when, where I get my value from in my personality, different aspects of my life. Like if those are going well, I feel higher sense of self-worth, yeah. more confidence if like business is crap, training's crap, I've had an argument with Becca, yeah. like, and you go out that night, I immediately feel totally different. Yeah. Because people are going to inevitably go like, how's such uh, and such? It's one of those things, right? Like you, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Bloody great. Other than like, I'm the fucking ultimate king. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Which is obviously how I feel every other day. Yeah. Or the rest <laughs> of the time after a great smoothie. Um, yeah. I think... I think you're right. It's it's difficult to have this indomitable spirit mm. where nothing extrinsic will affect what's going on yeah. inside your mind. And I mean, that's the, you can meditate sitting down in silence, right? Okay, now can you meditate standing up? Now can you meditate walking? Now can you, you know, you increase the level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. If you have the capacity to still be confident and still be outgoing and forthcoming and self-believing under greater and greater tensions than, yeah, yeah. That, that would suggest your natural proclivity to the contrary. Yeah. Mm. That's, I mean, that's real, real true confidence. And I think that's, um, I mean, you, I'm not advising at all to try and make things in your life go really terribly badly just to see if you can still remain confident in them. Like don't crash your car and then say, well, I'll see if I can still I'm talk to injured. people on a night out. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be a bad idea. Have you seen that the video of the very British reaction to a car accident? <laughs> the guy's car like goes on its side. Like he, that's like merge lanes, car tips over. And he like, there's a guy who rushes over. He's like, oh my God. He's like, okay, okay. Let, I'm uninjured. I'm uninjured. Let's, let's stay calm about this. No anger. Is this the what? guy? Is this the guy? Is he at 90 degrees? Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm so relaxed. Fine. It's interesting because I... I forget sometimes that you have done 500 hours of meditation. Yeah. And like, no, but I get really angry on the road. Like if, if, if you do as a cyclist, I've showered at so many people, but that wasn't what I was going to meet. Okay. That wasn't what I was going to say it was, it's if something, it's in the context of like in a little world of propane, like little tiny things go wrong all the time. Yeah. Yusuf's ability to just, <laughs> Mine. You know, is, but again, is, look at, so let's bring this back. We can talk very briefly. We can touch on confidence in a business perspective. A lot of people that are listening may have desires to run their own business or have 
uh, their own projects on the side. And this can uh, apply to within your family. Your family is a project in and of itself. You've got a, a young even child. Even careers count yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, remember how big of a catastrophe it was when something went wrong five years ago in your business. Oh. And then think about the same thing happening now. You just think... I think refund, our first refund request. Mm. Like, but but like, what, what were we talking about before? It's this ability to have perspective. It's the time and attention. It's that when your sample size is only one year long, the outliers that are at 0% and 100% look fucking mental. And mm. then as the sample grows bigger and bigger, you actually realise that zero... Zero and a hundred were below the interquartile range. Yeah, they were like yeah, fucking yeah. forty nine and fifty one. And you think, hang on, look at how much more I can ride the waves. In fact, the book, the confidence book by School of Life, uh, which is actually twenty percent. This is not in any way <laughs> um, affiliated. Promo code. But it's um, it's twenty percent off at the moment if you just buy forward it, slash Chris. It, it just happens to be Chris twenty. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, that, that's um, nothing the, to do with me. It's just the, <laughs> the front, the front cover of the book is a. It's a galleon ship on waves. Right. And it's that exact thing. It's that the um, your capacity to ride the waves of life is very, uh, it's very relative. Like what may seem like a massive wave now is actually like, yeah. So I think a, one of the qualities that I find most admirable and impressive in people is resilience to things. Yeah. Like something goes catastrophically wrong and someone's just like ah oh, it's fine whatever and I think you it, business is a good example because things can go like vertically like the wrong way instantly yeah and if you have enough experiences of that at a greater greater magnitude over time I think you just become there's a there's a level where you just become well, it's domain, totally domain of competence again right that that mm. that issue is within what you would consider to be I've dealt with this before. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah. Don't remember you remember saying Darren's like that? Uh, he's, he, he's just an absolute animal. <laughs> just like, yeah, well, he's, yeah, yeah. Like, he just takes it on the chin. But he's always, he's always been like that. He's always, always been like that. He's never had the new, the, the level of neuroticism that I have. Um, we're going to do one of the upcoming podcasts that we're going to do is going to be on um, the truths about running your own business. And I think that a lot oh, of these, yeah, really excited for that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So, you know, we've had, we had the conversation when you were going to leave. Um, sat there that chartered accountant company and you were sat down there Um, so yeah I think definitely resilience is is a big deal and I I think having I think if you are in a position where you're like you hear the concept of fuck you money you've got fuck you money like if you there's like I think it's I think it might be The Gambler or something film with Mark Wahlberg in and his mentor's like get fuck you money like (laughs) get a million quid in the bank and then you're untouchable like no one can make you do anything. Yeah, it, it was, if you, yeah same if way. You, it's the most, the most powerful anxiolytic is... <laughs> just having money. fuck you money, yeah. yeah. So, like, if you're financially secure and something bad happens in a business or a career, because really, like, business is, is a representation of, like, financial it's just security. Your finances, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so it's very, like, something bad happens. Oh, God! <laughs> yeah, you feel it. Whereas Yusuf just stood there in his Captain Hook outfit at the, at the helm, <laughs> or, like, in a storm, <laughs> and he's just... Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the film Everest? Yes. So you know when the famous writer is getting picked up? In fact, this should be included in the show notes, this clip, because this is confidence. He's getting picked up from Everest in a helicopter by, like, a a really, like, skilled pilot. And the helicopter's going, like, 
all over the it's place. It's at the very start, right? No, it's after he, this guy's injured. Oh, okay. Right. And it flashes to the helicopter pilot's face and he's just... Just no emotion. It is it, I'm, I it's swear like, it's at the start. I swear it's at the very, very beginning. It's the it, first It's the first one, I think, yeah. And he's like going around and yeah, he's just completely stoic. Just, and he goes like, I'm going to push off the edge and then we'll go into a vertical dive and then we'll be fine. Is that okay with you? And the guy's like... <laughs> he's like, good man. thing is, like, you'd just, be... It's like, that, it's like the bus driver in Iceland. Oh my god, yeah. So just to clarify for, to context, guys, we were in the the biggest storm of the year in Iceland <laughs> and we happened to be out in the Blue Lagoon just like playing around in the water. And, but they like from from below from here below it was nice and warm and lovely and then from up top was like, <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was I was um dilated and vascular from the chest down and then like blue from the chest up just an avatar character <laughs> yeah. like yeah. naughty nips and like yeah. red face and, and then when we were told when we were told that the pool is closing <laughs> in half an hour and by the way any buses that leave after half an hour will you will have to stay here overnight oh, God. I remember seeing a, a visual the strongest visual representation of your fear of wasting money <laughs> as me and Chris are sat in the pool and they go right guys we're closing the saunas and you're like oh, I've not been in the saunas <laughs> running in flat in Chris's flowery shorts over, <laughs> over this bridge in a blizzard in Iceland just to, thing. just to have a go in the sauna oh, yeah you couldn't bear to miss out it's lukewarm little sauna as well but yeah so like everyone's fucking like panicking we're dri- so we're driving we're back we're, we're back on but the bus so before then we're oh, getting right, yeah. on the bus and someone goes like apparently they've closed the roads and the guy's like close the roads this is Iceland <laughs> you're like you are a you monster fucking great <laughs> just drive through traffic cuts no problem <laughs> that, was the, well, that was the thing so we, we got on the bus and we were sat at the back I don't know why we chose to sit at the back oh yeah probably we feel safer doesn't it yeah. it's like naughty schoolboys. yeah <laughs> so we were sat, sat at the back of this bus and I've got I've still got the screenshot on my phone of the, the weather app uh, where it said 43 warning, miles warning. an hour 43 oh, miles yeah. an hour winds and they were going they were completely adjacent to the path that we were travelling in so this high-sided 72-person seat of coach and this guy, and I thought... He didn't us, compromise on speed at all. No, not at all. So, like, well, I mean, if anything, he, went, if anything he, he used it as a sail, didn't he? And yeah. He used it to go quicker. Like, angled like himself into, into the corners yeah, exactly, and let it, yeah. So, and we were, like, the bus was getting really buffeted and it's high side. We were shitting ourselves. Mm. And I thought, right, well, my solution is if I go, if I walk to the front of this bus and I look at the bus driver and he's okay... I'm okay. Mm. That's he had like outsourcing. A smile on his That's face. outsourcing, right? That's outsourcing <laughs> to someone with a with a, a speciality. Man who's so, done it before. Man yeah. who looked like man who looked. Yeah, yes, so yes, walk down, walk down to the front of the bus, expecting to see at least a small amount of concern. You just want to see, like, as he was just sat there like this. <laughs> he was in great spirits. Right. You talk to him, and he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone was getting up and they're like, "Thank you." He's like, "It's okay. It's okay." He's Iceland. And the only the only time of the trip that you looked more alarmed was when they when you saw the price for the lamb broth. Oh, seventeen pounds fifty for a small cup of lamb. Always the, the ready meal, buying that oh, ready meal. Twenty quid for a, a, a supermarket ready meal. What about the pounds. Bloody Mary? Oh, oh that's... <laughs> now, see, guys, 
guys were so triggered right now. We have to end the, end the podcast because I'm going to Looking back, there were so many. So we, th- this is one of the examples of everything just going fine for Chris. Like we went to a tomato farm, on, <laughs> uh, which, which was on affiliate commission from the the coach, the, the coach tool company. Someone's someone's dad's greenhouse. And they, they were, oh, we're just going to stop off at the tomato farm. We recommend you buy a lovely tomato drink or beverage of some sort. <laughs> so I, I got this weird, like, sweet Bloody Mary with lemon and ginger, but it was actually awful. Bit of celery in it. it was, yeah, really diluted. And then Chris got the nicest tomato soup ever for half the price. <laughs> and I'm sat there drinking my, like, £12 horrible drink. Well, I'm like, you and I brought insufficient clothing. Mm-hmm. Neither of us remembered our headphones. We sat together. Chris was three or four seats in front. Just Kenny. Canada Goose. Zipped all the way up, AirPods in, fast asleep. Like, I had a stonking hangover there. And that was the morning where I was sleep, sleeping, sleeping in the living room. Woke up to watch you try and navigate the <laughs> portable hob. And the first thing you said to me was, <laughs> I'm making myself an egg. Would you like an egg? <laughs> so that, it must have been the following morning that you just woken up to like, and if you get toe cancer, <laughs> metastasizes into, into the shin, <laughs> goes up to neck cancer, head cancer. And then you revising in the middle of Iceland. I, I walked into his like, into his room and he sat on the bed just going. And I was like, what's wrong, man? He's like, I've just been upsold. Like, what do you mean you've just been upsold? He was like, I tried to get pieces. <laughs> And they've sold me an annual membership. And I don't need an annual membership. <laughs> That's a lack of confidence. Oh, it was just a... The egg shower that you had to kneel in. The egg and, shower. It was very sulfury. Oh, Anyone yeah. who hasn't been to Iceland before, the just water the is incredibly sulfury. So smelly. Yeah. Like you, you think that the drains are coming back up the shower, but then they're like, no, no, this is Icelandic water. They, they put the word Icelandic in front of any product. Icelandic yeah. butter. Icelandic chocolate. Icelandic, yeah. like, yeah. And Licorice. Then, I mean, it's just normal. Remember the product. waterfall? Remember how cold the waterfall was? That was the coldest part of the trip. Gulfos. Oh, yeah. Gulfos. There's a photo of you with the Chinese lady. No, that was at the bit where they drowned people. That was where the parliament was. Like in like the 1600s. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was strange. Anyway, confidence. Hope everyone's enjoyed. <laughs> Go to Iceland. Go to Iceland if you do well. Go to the penis clothes. museum. Go to the penis museum. Oh, yeah. Don't buy the Lambroth. Don't buy the Bloody Mary. Don't go during a storm. Don't, don't think that... Like, mine, oh, it's one degree. I've dealt with that before. I'll just go out wearing a shirt. That was what oh, me and you did. I, I honestly think I was close to I'd never seen you so sad. Some kind of shock. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you, you were fine. I was fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was fine. Um, so, for the first time, make sure you subscribe, YouTube, press the like button, comment if you've got any comments, or catch us on Instagram, Twitter, all that other stuff. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then.